Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. The Democrats had their convention, and we have the instant analysis quicker than any other podcast out there. Michelle Obama, Bernie Sanders, Andrew Cuomo, and Gretchen Whitmer, they all spoke, and we tell you that there was actually some really good news for President Trump tonight. We learned a lot about the Democrat Party. We learned a lot about our country tonight. Thank you guys so much for supporting us as we are recording this podcast right now. It is in the wee, wee early hours. I could actually go and get a cup of coffee. It is so early because we wanted to make sure you guys had this program right here so early in the morning so you guys knew exactly what was happening in your country and you had the facts to be able to react to it. And it's made possible by those of you that support us at charliekirk.com slash support. Email me your questions at any time at freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. We have the analysis. Stay engaged to this program all week and next week. We have the facts. We have the answers. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. The first night of the Democrat National Convention has concluded. So the Democrat Convention has decided to go all virtual And look, I love political conventions. I've been watching them since I was very young, when I was eight or nine years old. As long as I can remember, I've actually been watching political conventions. And I have to say, to be perfectly honest with you, it's not the same. Without a crowd, without instant reaction, it just felt like nothing more than a a best clip collection of political advertisements. And by the way, we are doing this right now at 1230 Eastern. And by the time we are done editing and done with this episode, it will be probably 3.30 a.m. Eastern. We have the first most instant analysis because that's how much we care about you guys. Because we see how much you guys support us at charliekirk.com slash support. And that's why we give you two episodes a day. So this is instant analysis. This is fresh. I just watched all the clips again. I actually watched the entire Democrat convention uninterrupted. I went back and I looked at all the clips, got all our analysis together. And we are here right now to give you exactly what happened. And actually, there's some really interesting teaching moments here. There's a lot of takeaways. I mean, there was a lot of rubbish. We're going to go through all of that. There was a lot of nonsense, but there was also a lot of learning lessons, a lot of things that those of us that support the president, I think uh, there's some positives. There's some real takeaways here that is just beyond just all of the pre-rehearsed radicalism that was within the first night of the Democrat Party. So let's just start with just the visuals. For those of you that didn't get a chance to watch the convention, it was it was very incongruent. That's the best word I can possibly use. You had Eva Longoria as kind of like the MC for the evening uh, out of Los Angeles, who was on some sort of a stage set. 
who was broadcasting live to the nation. And she was kind of emceeing the whole evening. It started off with a very interesting rendition of the Star Spangled Banner of different people singing it from across the nation. And one thing the Democrats really like to do is they like to use symbology, history of America, and our phrases to try to achieve their radicalism. This is something that Saul Alinsky, author of the book Rules for Radicals, talked about at length. Use the symbology to try to communicate to the population that you're trying to take over. Use the phrases. Don't try to be an insurgent like BLM Incorporated. We'll get to that in a minute. But instead, try to win over the population with things that they are familiar with. Several speakers did this throughout the evening. Senator Amy Klobuchar in particular did this when she was talking about multiple times e pluribus unum, the Latin phrase, out of many, one. The Democrats don't believe in e pluribus unum. Everything is about racial politics and pitting people against each other and trying to judge people based on skin color. But just from a production standpoint, it is remarkably clear that ever since Harvey Weinstein went to jail, the Democrats have very little capacity to be able to tap into Hollywood's best producers. I'm half kidding, by the way. Whoever was in charge of the production value of this convention needs to be fired. It looked very disorganized. It looked very cluttered. Michelle Obama's speech was given sitting down. Bernie Sanders' speech looked like something out of a hostage video, as if he was forced to give these remarks, as if he was almost compelled to endorse Joe Biden. It didn't have a common theme either. And one of the biggest takeaways I'm going to get to in just a second, one of these takeaways, I think those of us that want to see the president reelected, we have to listen very closely to what the Democrats are saying and where they spent their time. But first, let's talk about home security. Do you know that in California, they just let out 18,000 prisoners and criminals, some of which are rapists, thugs, and vigilantes? Do you have home security? If not, your loved ones could be the next victims of the thugs that are left out of prison. That's why I put my name behind Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every single room, window, and door tailored specifically for your home. It has professional monitoring that keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required. And there's no contract, no pushy sales guy, and no hidden fees, no fine print. And it all starts for $15 a month. Look, I'm not the only ones who think that Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com/charlie. You get free shipping and a 90-day risk-free trial. There's nothing to lose at simplysafe.com/charlie. One of the biggest takeaways was where the Democrats were spending their time. So I kind of put the entire Democrat programming focus on two R's. First of all, they are very focused on racial issues basically telling everyone how racist they were, and then also very focused on Republicans. A huge portion of their program was focused on trying to get Republican voters to vote for Joe Biden. They even had John Kasich, who stumbled into a meadow somewhere in Ohio and said America was at a crossroads, and he endorsed Joe Biden in the video. 
It was nearly unwatchable and very, very difficult to hear a former Republican in such a cringeworthy fashion go after the pro-abortion, pro-gun-grabbing, radical Marxist ticket of Joe Biden and Senator Harris. However, there were other parts where former Republican representatives and former governors were also Skyping and Zooming into the Democrat convention. This is very interesting. For those of us that study political strategy and political analysis, like myself that dives deep into polling and dives deep into data, this is very clear to me that Democrats have a problem. Democrats are trying to solve both of their structural problems heading into November simultaneously. However, whoever's doing their political strategy didn't actually realize that both of their focuses can actually be self-defeating. It's actually one can harm the other. A lot of their messaging, such as Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, where she said, we need to rewrite our laws and reimagine our society, which we'll play that tape in just one second, was completely contradictory <laughs> to John Kasich saying that Joe Biden won't actually be a radical. He'll be a moderate. Let's first play Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. Play tape. We have to undo the laws and systems that have codified racism for far too long. But we have to do something, too. Each and every one of us challenge our own biases. If we see something, do something. Together, we can turn this reckoning into a reimagining of a nation where we the people means all the people. And then John Kasich went out of his way to say, Joe Biden won't be a radical. He'll be reasonable. Play tape. I'm sure there are Republicans and independents who couldn't imagine crossing over to support a Democrat. They fear Joe may turn sharp left and leave them behind. I don't believe that because I know the measure of the man. It's reasonable, faithful, respectful. And you know, no one pushes Joe around. Joe Biden is a man for our times. Times that call for all of us to take off our partisan hats and put our nation first for ourselves and, of course, for our children. So which one is it? Is it we're going to rewrite our laws and reimagine our society? Or is it that Joe Biden won't actually be a radical? So by trying to pander to the racist roots of the Democrat Party that is playing so far into black identity politics, that is trying to make white people feel guilty and ashamed for their immutable characteristics, while simultaneously trying to win Midwestern voters with people like John Kasich, who is a failed governor of Ohio, and someone who, quite honestly, has no principles at all whatsoever and is not an American patriot, who got offended by Donald Trump's tweets at him during a political campaign, has harbored that resentment and has decided to manifest that into revenge. So deeply political, by the way, that he will endorse Joe Biden, a Democrat pro-abortion advocate who has paired himself with the most liberal United States senator. That's how little John Kasich cares about the future of our republic. And so the Democrat strategy clearly shows that they have an enthusiasm problem in the black community. And we saw that when George Floyd's family members Skyped in or Zoomed in towards the beginning of the Democrat convention, trying to convey to the American population that we must continue the racial politics that stemmed out of the unfortunate death of their brother and their family member, paired with the Republican defection strategy. 
So this all is good news for President Trump. If the Democrats were doing one but not the other, then that would be a more alarming sign. Instead, the Democrats have both a base problem and they have a swing voter problem. That's right. The Democrats have been reanalyzing data from 2012. And do you know what the Democrats have been realizing when they've been reanalyzing the data about how President Obama won in 2012? President Obama won in 2012 because he was able to get self-described Republicans to vote for him again because he portrayed himself as a common sense moderate in 2012. And in 2008, he was a shock election candidate where the country was just ready for change because of the failed presidency in the last couple of years of President Bush and just the war weariness and the recession did not help. And John McCain was a terrible candidate. But the Biden campaign is not dumb. They're not. Whoever designed this convention should be fired. But the Biden campaign probably gave the marching orders to the Democrat National Convention and they were poorly executed. But the marching orders are not incorrect. The marching orders were very clear that in order to win the Midwest, in order to win states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, which are critical to Joe Biden winning the White House, they need to win self-described Republicans. And even more so, they need to win new Republicans. They need to win new Republicans that voted for Donald Trump in 2016 that used to be Democrats, then they're trying to bring them back to the party. Simultaneously, they looked at the data from 2012, and they saw that minority numbers in 2012 were far that of in 2016. And so what the Democrats are failing to recognize is that the more that they pander to Black Lives Matter Incorporated, BLM Inc., which is the better way to say it, we say BLM Inc. here on this program, and for those of you that have not been tuning in for the last couple months, as we have had the most cutting analysis on these issues, it's BLM Incorporated. I encourage all of you that are new listeners, please go back in the archives. We have some of the most in-depth analysis and episodes in early June in, in particular, where we did multi-hour episodes on BLM Incorporated and their true agenda to destroy America. But if I was a moderate Republican watching this program tonight, or if I was a moderate that might not love Donald Trump, but I'm not yet sold on the Democrats, but my values are center-right, I would say, wait a second, I got John Kasich trying to tell me to come over to the party and say that Joe Biden is fine. The water's fine. Everybody jump right in. Everything's great. He's not going to take your guns away. He's not going to shut down your church. Everything's great. While just a couple minutes before that, we were hearing from the Washington, D.C. mayor saying that we need to rewrite our laws and reimagine our society. They are trying to unite two inherently incongruent ideas leftism, and liberalism. This is why their message felt so scattered. There is no through line. And the Republicans are actually going to be very united in their message next week. See, the Republicans, this is one thing that the president has working to his advantage. He has a very clear path to victory. He needs decent, reasonable suburban voters to come home, and he needs enough minority voters to decide they love America and Donald Trump wins in a landslide. The Democrats have a much harder sell because of the inherent radicalism and also because of campus voting no longer happening because of a lot of the campus closures in the battleground states. The Democrats are in crisis. They have to boost their numbers in the inner cities and overly racially pander, which I actually think doesn't work. I think most minority voters that are leading the Democrat Party are tired of being treated by nothing more than the color of their skin. And they also need to try to get centrist voters to go pull the Democrat ticket.
This scattered message is going to be very difficult to sell to Midwestern voters. And meanwhile, Bernie Sanders, the Bolshevik communist, who we'll get to later in this program, he said that his message won. It's like he keeps reminding America out of stubbornness or pride that I'm not on the ticket, but it's actually my ticket. And so this was also paired very strangely with a hyperfixation on the virus. So you had racial identity politics. You had the Republicans, please come vote for us. And then you also had the virus messaging. So the virus messaging actually was probably, if there was anything that was the theme of the night, it's basically America's going through something we've never gone before. Let's not hold the Chinese accountable for it. Instead, let's punish the president who we don't like for happening to be president during something that President Obama didn't properly prepare us for. Andrew Cuomo blamed Donald Trump for the Chinese coronavirus deaths. In fact, he called it the European virus. That's right. He called it the European virus. And he also blamed Trump for being too fixated on China. Play tape. The European virus infected the Northeast while the White House was still fixated on China. The virus had been attacking us for months before they even knew it was here. Nothing like a New York liberal telling Midwestern voters, you're too focused on China. Oh yeah, you mean the same China that shipped the factory overseas and also killed many old people in the state? You mean that China? And what about all the old folks' homes, Andrew Cuomo? That 42% of all deaths were in New York and New Jersey to the Chinese coronavirus. And let's talk about your crime rates. New York's population is 19.4 million and has 32,000 deaths, which is a death rate of 167 out of 100,000 residents. When you just when you juxtapose that to Arizona, Florida, Georgia, and Texas, it has a combined population of 68 million and just 29,000 deaths. The death rate for those states is 42 out of 100,000, four times lower than New York City combined. But it's all tragic, but we must talk in facts. And also we heard from one of the worst governors in America, the tyrant herself, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who's a very unhappy, bitter person. She has a lot of deep-seated rage. I hope she finds some form of reconciliation. She's a very angry person. And Governor Gretchen Whitmer, whose response to the virus has been so draconian, she's destroyed thousands of Michigan businesses. She was trying to continue on the virus messaging. So I want to get into some of the never Trumpers and some of the Republicans who think they're being cute and they think they're on the right side of history. But first, let's talk about getting into shape. Whether you're new to the gym or you've been weightlifting for years, it's hard to find the right workout program and stick to it. If you've ever gone to the gym without a plan, you know how overwhelming the weight room can feel. Even with a trainer, it can be hard to know you're pushing yourself too much or not enough. FitBod is a smart fitness app that takes all of the guesswork out of planning your workouts. FitBob's algorithm factors in your goals, experience level equipment, workout direction, and muscle recovery to intelligently craft the perfect total body workout program just for you. FitBod works super easy. I've been on the app. It's really something worth checking out. They do a great job. Now, FitBod combines the knowledge of fitness pros with a powerful machine learning algorithm to give you a workout program that maximizes your results. You get a program tailored to your unique body, experience, and environment. It's perfect for anyone who's looking to get better fitness results, whether your goal is general fitness, strength training, muscle tone, bodybuilding, 
powerlifting, or Olympic weightlifting. FitBod workouts are balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercises to keep you sharp. No equipment, no worries. FitBod has bodyweight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. So get a personalized fitness plan that helps you work out smarter at fitbod.me slash Kirk. Try FitBod for free for one month when you sign up today at fitbod.me slash Kirk. That's fitbod.me slash Kirk. So then all the never Trumpers came along. Meg Whitman, who I've met before, and man, I just, I just, she was a nice person. I just don't understand it. And then John Kasich, and they had some other former Republicans that decided to go out on a limb and try to endorse Joe Biden. So just you understand, President Trump is one of the most popular presidents in the Republican Party in the history of the Republican Party. And you look at the type of Republicans that are defecting from the party. These are not Republicans that care about the fabric of our country. These are mostly corporate Republicans like Meg Whitman, who have run massive companies that have shipped jobs overseas, that have pandered to China, that quite frankly really don't care about the future of the Republic. They just care that they get invited to the right cocktail parties and their kids and grandkids get into the right elite institutions. They are Rockefeller Republicans. Uh, At least three of them were from New York and from New Jersey. And again, John Kasich, it was... The Democrats made a very strategic error here. The Democrats should, instead of having all these people in highly produced campaign ads, they should have just paid for private jets and for quarantines and have everyone on the same stage. It would have been a much better expenditure resource-wise. It just didn't flow. It looked like this was just a YouTube channel that people were zooming in. The audio was bad with some of their speakers. It wasn't good. From a production standpoint, it was bad. And then Amy Klobuchar uh, came on screen. And as I mentioned previously, she mentioned e pluribus unum at least twice. I have this running joke with Amy Klobuchar, and I can't believe it, it came true. I said, oh my goodness, she's going to mention the blizzard. And she mentioned the blizzard. I mean, every single time she speaks, she talks about how she announced her campaign for president in a blizzard. And my favorite part of her announcing her campaign for president in a blizzard is she was talking about the dangers of global warming. And it's interesting enough, she didn't mention why she didn't pursue charges against Derek Chauvin, the individual that killed George Floyd. She didn't mention that at all. Of course, when Klobuchar was the Hennepin County attorney, she did not pursue charges against Derek Chauvin. She didn't mention that at all. And she also didn't mention any of the rioting or the destruction in the state that she represents. She also didn't mention any of the rioting or destruction of the 170-plus black-owned businesses that were burned almost to the ground, many of them, in her home state of Minnesota in the city of Minneapolis. She didn't mention any of that at all. In fact, the riots that are happening in our country endlessly in Portland and in Seattle were not mentioned once by the Democrats tonight. They know this is a losing issue. They know that they are not going to mention how BLM Incorporated is roaming the streets like terrorist thugs going after innocent businesses, going after innocent people, and terrorizing them. The left has unleashed chaos and violence, and now they're gaslighting doublespeak against us. And again, as they're trying to win over suburban voters and moderate Republicans with former Republicans like Meg Whitman and John Kasich. 
They're also pandering to BLM Incorporated while not mentioning a frontier issue of the criminals that are prowling in our streets. There was a failed candidate montage. It was really, really bizarre. (laughs) I don't know if this is the only speaking time they're going to get. And if it is, man, do these people get gypped. (laughs) Cory Booker. Robert Francis O'Rourke, who's the fake Hispanic Irishman from El Paso. Andrew Yang, Governor Ensley, Kirsten Gillibrand. Uh, They're all all trying to get cabinet positions, I guess. I think some of them are supposed to speak at some other points, but it was very poorly put together. Jay Inslee was on a porch. Kirsten Gillibrand had the camera way up to, way too close to her face. Awful. Representative Cedric Richmond from Louisiana, who's in charge of something for the Biden campaign. I think he's in charge of the Racial Disharmony Coalition. I think he's in charge of turning people against each other based on their skin color. I think he's in charge of making sure that the Biden campaign stays correctly racist. And allegedly saying the Democrats are the champion of small businesses. What about the small businesses that have burned to the ground? What about the small businesses that we have profiled on our program before? No mention of Mohammed Ashik, who we mentioned previously on the Charlie Kirk show, who has a watch clinic owner of Watch Clinic in Chicago, and over $900,000 of inventory was stolen by BLM Incorporated and the terroristic forces in Chicago. And he says, quote, it's my entire life, he says as a nearby L train rumbled above his store. 42 years in this business, and all I have left is my health. No mention of that from Cedric Richmond, who's in charge, I think, of the Racial Disharmony Coalition of the Joe Biden for President campaign. And then came the Bolshevik. Then came someone whose time probably would have been better suited 100 years previously in the rural parts of Russia when Lenin was leading a revolution against the Tsars. It just seems like Bernie Sanders is like a century too late for these ideas. So the Bolshevik came out in early July with former Vice President Joe Biden. They came out with their own unity manifesto. I don't know if the manifesto is a term that they gave or that we gave them, but calling anything that is published by Senator Bernie Sanders a manifesto is awfully daft. Actually, Mr. Producer just said that we gave the name to them, but I think they should call it the manifesto. They might as well tell the truth for once because truth is not a left-wing value. However, there were numerous recommendations from the Democrat National Committee, many of which were lifted directly from the Democrat Marxist socialist agenda. This was likely from Bernie's backroom payoff, basically, for remaining cooperative after all the Democrat Party elites colluded against him, not once, but twice. In the 110-page manifesto, it urged the Democrat Party to dismantle President Trump's border security policies, implement a roadmap to citizenship for millions of illegals, uh, pass a public option designed to lead to a government takeover of American health care and other radical ideas that will be incorporated more or less verbatim in the 2020 Democrat platform. So Bernie then proceeds to start attacking President Trump and reminding the Democrat National Committee how his ideas have won right after Kasich just said Joe Biden wouldn't go radical left. Yet another example of how incongruent the messaging was. So first of all, it's just laughable and silly to hear Bernie Sanders ever talk about authoritarianism. Everything that Bernie Sanders believes in is about centralizing power. Play tape. 
we have a president who is not only incapable of addressing these crises, but is leading us down the path of authoritarianism. This election is the most important in the modern history of this country. In response to the unprecedented crises we face, we need an unprecedented response, a movement like never before, of people who are prepared to stand up and fight for democracy and decency and against greed, oligarchy, and bigotry. And we need Joe Biden as our next president. So basically, he says we're being led down a path to authoritarianism, and his solution is democratic authoritarianism. And Bernie Sanders said, I may not be on the ticket, but my ideas are on the ticket. And I have to just say that the Democrats and Kyle Kalinske, who's a Marxist, basically a communist, nice guy, debated him at Politicon just about a year ago. He got a little angry, and that's fine. It happens to some of us. He actually had a really good tweet about tonight. <laughs> it was so funny. So Kyle Kalinske, he runs a, a Twitter account called Secular Talk. Again, he's a Marxist. He's very far left. Perfectly pleasant guy, um, and I have nothing bad to say about him. However, he's been, his Twitter has been terrific because he is ba- he's dunking on the DNC as a communist more so than even some conservatives are. He said this. He said, if this convention is proving anything to me, it's that Democrats still have the ability to F up this and lose to Trump again. So perfectly said. This is a Democrat socialist Bernie supporter. And then he said this. He said, here, quote, we love hearing 462 different versions of, quote, Trump bad with zero serious policy commitments to fix the heck world we're in. He said a different world word, but we don't use those words. Don't we, folks? We have to keep our podcast PG rated because I recommend young people to listen to it. Anyway, Kyle Kalinske is exactly right. And it kind of builds out a point I was about to make. It was just kind of a, it was kind of an uneventful convention. I mean, the Democrats truly believe that they can vanilla moderate their way to the White House. They really do. And by doing so, I guess, stoke this racial flames. They think that's acceptable enough, but also getting the Republicans come to the Democrat side. There is no cohesiveness here. They're just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff out and hoping something will work. President Trump's message next week is going to be much more focused. And just understand the significance of Bernie having a primetime message. The Democrat Party is embracing communist ideas. I don't say that lightly. So many people have survived communism and socialism. So many people have memories of that. And speaking of memories... And speaking of things that should not be forgotten, let's talk about a way that you could preserve your family's history and past. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service to have all of your videotapes, camcorder tapes, film reels, and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. Are your family's memories trapped on a camcorder, tape, or on film reels? What was your favorite childhood memory caught on film or videotape? Do you have an easy way to watch it? Do you have boxes of old videotapes or photos collecting dust? Maybe your grandfather survived socialism or beat socialism, and it's not currently on a thumb driver in the cloud. Well, do something about it. That's where Legacy Box come in. Legacy Box is a way for you to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past. The process starts so easy. You pack it up and send it to them. Their team digitizes everything by hand, and then you enjoy it. 
you get back everything perfectly preserved and you get digital copies on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud ready to watch, enjoy, and share. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos and has helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their past. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Charlie to get this incredible 40% off your first order. Buy today. Take advantage of your exclusive offer. Send in while you're ready at LegacyBox.com slash Charlie. Preserve the past. Got so much to learn from people that came before us. LegacyBox.com slash Charlie. So now we get to the keynote. And of course... We have said many times before, Michelle Obama just hates America. She does not have good things to say about our country. She does not share the view that America is a gift from God. She believes that America is a mistake. That's basically the divide in America. Are you thankful that you live in America or are you bitter, angry, and resentful that you live with America? I just have to push back to the consensus here on Michelle Obama's speech. A lot of people said it was wonderful. They stuck the landing. Many people on Fox News were praising her speech. First of all, it was not a speech. Sitting down in a living room, reading a teleprompter is not a speech. That is a talk, okay? A speech is standing up, showing commanding leading force, and showing clear direction. I know that might sound technical, but it's not a speech. It was a talk. George Stephanopoulos said it was a new kind of fierce Whatever that means. I watched the whole speech. I felt so, you know, actually felt uninspired and so unmoved. I actually said to myself, she's way more beatable than I once thought. I actually thought Michelle Obama was once like this untouchable political force that we as Republicans eventually have to run up against. And when we do, we're just going to get obliterated. I no longer hold that view. I do think she's formidable. Uh, I do think that she's a tough opponent. No doubt. I think that people like her. I think that she communicates well. I think that she, the media will completely cover for her, totally. But she seemed angry. She seemed like an angry person who didn't feel very grateful to live in America. She started her speech out by saying, I'm depressed. And she recently said she has low-grade depression. And I'll pray for her for that. And I mean that. When I say that, I don't say it flippantly. And one, other, one thing she said that was just so awful, so grotesque. And Michelle Obama is a pathological liar. She famously said back in 2008, I'm finally proud of my country for the first time in my life. She has a history of bitter anti-American, anti-Western statements. Her, pre- her husband, of course, was a complete disgrace to our country and an awful president. And she said, quote, there's a never-ending list of people of color who continue to be murdered. First of all, this is a disgusting lie. I mean, if she means black people killing black people, then yes, that list is very long. But if she means Police killing black people, not even close. 15 people, unarmed black people killed last year, many of whom were justified. So only three of the 15 that were unarmed were unjustified. So I think that we conflate terms, right? So if a black person dies at a police by, with a police officer, were they armed? And if the answer is yes, well, then it kind of ends the conversation there. If they were unarmed, then was it justified? And you might say, well, it's never justified to kill somebody who's unarmed. That sounds good, but what if someone says they're armed? What if someone is behind the door and says, I have a gun, I have a gun, I'm going to blow your head off. And the police officer comes with a gun and is prepared to use it. What if someone motions that they have a gun, which many of these examples are? What if someone is trying to run over a police officer in a car? They might not have a weapon, but they have some form of a tool that could be used as a weapon. 
I encourage you to go back to, in the archives of the Charlie Kirk Show. We're going to repost this on charliekirk.com, uh, that Heather McDonald episode. If you guys have trouble finding it, just email me directly at freedom at charliekirk.com. She debunks this bitter and sinister lie better than anyone else. And she's just race baiting Michelle Obama. And she has very little political talent. And I can't even believe I'm saying that because I actually thought she was way more talented than she really is. Because what I saw tonight was just, it kind of felt like Oprah, to be honest with you. And I don't just say that because of the color of skin, just the delivery, to be honest. And Oprah's lost all of her talent. I mean, Oprah's just become an angry woman. I used to love watching Oprah. Oh my goodness. I mean, young Oprah was awesome. Young Oprah was on top of it. She was energetic. She was pro-American. She had Donald Trump on her show. She landed the biggest interviews. Now Oprah's mean. (laughs) Same with Michelle Obama. It's like all these rags to riches stories of people that grew up with nothing. They were once champions of opportunity. And they just become so stern-faced. I'm like, geez, Michelle. I mean, I get it. You went to Whitney Young, which was a great high school. I'm sure you experienced racism at some points in your life, but you were first lady. Can you be a little less negative in your approach? Can you say something nice about our country? Her entire tone was essentially, I'm ashamed to be an American. At one point, she said, quote, if you don't think things can get worse, they can and they will. If you take one thing from my words tonight, it is this. If you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can and they will. If we don't make a change in this election, if we have any hope of ending this chaos, we have got to vote for Joe Biden like our lives depend on it. This is fear mongering. What she's really saying is, quote, no, I will make sure they get worse until you vote for me. It's basically political extortion. She also said something really weird that Joe Biden gives his personal phone number to kids. Joe knows what it's like to struggle, which is why he gives his personal phone number to kids overcoming a stutter of their own. And she also said they're purging the voter rolls. Well, yeah, I hope dead people are purged from the voter rolls. That might bother Michelle Obama. But there was really no theme there. I mean— I think it was a huge mistake that Michelle Obama was sitting down when she was giving the speech. I thought it was actually poorly produced. I think that Michelle Obama should have been standing up. I think she should have had that full body picture. I think she should have been much more declarative. Instead, it was, it felt like a counseling session. I wasn't sure who needed the counseling, if it was me or her. And so there really was very little theme or message, except that we're all awful. And if you vote for Joe Biden, we can be less awful. And really, Michelle Obama's all about herself. She's all about her own power grab. She wants to run for president in the future. And I think that she's actually much more beatable than she leads on. I think that she is driven by malevolence. She's deceitful and she's bitter. And look, the overall message of the evening is this. Trump is awful. BLM Incorporated is terrific. And if you're a Republican, please come vote for us. But what it really means is this. Very little of the evening was focused on how great Joe Biden was. You could really tell all the speakers, they felt very forced. They're very agreed that they hate Donald Trump. A lot of window dressing, a lot of talking points, a lot of platitudes, a lot of different types of gimmicks they were trying. But there are very little specific policy points, very little directional changes that they thought they were going to make. It's just very open-ended. It's almost a very emotive way of communicating, quite honestly, I'm just trying to really contemplate this. I'm like, the Democrats did really well in 2008 and 2012 at being inspiring. 
They were really good at it. I lived through it. I was young. I was in high school. I was 18 years old in 2012, and I was 14 in 2008. I saw it firsthand. I saw young people get motivated. They're not getting motivated by this. They're getting angry. Donald Trump has a huge opportunity next week to make America dream big and think big. To reach for higher heights and to have tomorrow be a better day than it is today. Not this bitter counseling session where like Michelle Obama calls you into her living room and being, let me tell you how awful you are. Let me tell you about everything that's wrong with our country. The president's terrible. Oh, by the way, I got a Biden sign 500 yards in the distance out of focus, which is true. I mean, Michelle Obama had a Biden sign literally so far away. It was like, is that say Biden? It's not really clear. And it was out of focus. It was poorly produced. No. By the way, there weren't very many American flags tonight. Let me just put it that way. There are very few American flags in all of the different shots. We know the Democrats have lost their way. They're they're wandering in a desert. desert. They think they can get a, a referendum vote against Donald Trump. And I think we all know that's not the case. I think we all know that a referendum vote against Donald Trump is going to be very risky for them. They are betting on big tech censorship, big tech involvement, and vote by mail. A couple missing themes from tonight, and it might show itself throughout the rest of the week. Very little focus on the environment. It might have been intentional. It might have been an oversight, because that's usually something Democrats really care about is earth worship. Very little focus on gun grabbing. And also very little focus on the Me Too movement. Very little focus. Now, the week is still young. We could still wait for Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. But interestingly enough, I think the Democrats... Based on their pandering to racial politics and moderate voters, they know they have to boost minority turnout in the state of Pennsylvania. When they had their little small business Zoom session, two out of four of the small business owners were in Pennsylvania. The Democrats see what we see. And we've talked about this on the Charlie Kirk show before. Donald Trump's going to win the core four. He's going to win Arizona, Iowa, Ohio, North Carolina. Donald Trump is also probably going to win Florida. Therefore, if Donald Trump either, either wins Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, he wins the White House, it's four more years. That's why they have their little virtual convention in Milwaukee, of which it's going to do nothing because none of the people are actually in Milwaukee. Now, the Democrats are left with a question. Did they win anyone over tonight? And I don't want to sound too confident. I'm not someone. You guys know that. You listen to our program, and thank you for that, and thank you for supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. I'm not one to celebrate too early. But I think they actually lost people tonight. I mean, I'm sure there's one person out there that's like, you know what? I'm totally convinced. I'm all in. And God bless that person. If you know them, pray for them <laughs> if they were convinced by tonight. But I don't, I'm looking at the social media reaction. I'm looking at the comments. It was an unpersuasive night. Republicans that are watching this, that are they're already voting for Trump. Let me tell you what. If there's a Republican out there that all of a sudden was moved by John Kasich in a meadow, telling us about how his father worked for the post office. I don't know if that actually happened, but I don't think John Kasich has ever given a speech without ever mentioning that his father worked for the post office. Okay. I actually think that more people are, are uncertain about the direction of the Democrat Party. I can tell you this, that the base of the Democrat Party that are angry and bitter young people, that are socialists, that are utopianists, how do you think they felt when they had a bunch of Republicans on TV? How do you think the Bernie Sanders voters felt? When a bunch of Republicans kept on going on TV. I can tell you this. If there were a bunch of Democrats going on TV 
And those Democrats loved abortion and all that. And they were telling me about how great Donald Trump was. I think a little bit about like, I don't know if I love that. Now, I do love defection stories. I love that. Trust me. But if it was one after the other after the other, I know the base would be turned off by that. Mitt Romney tried this back in 2012. They tried all these Democrats for Romney, and it just turned off the base of the party. So that's a risky strategy. Maybe it works. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I don't think it will. After the first night of the convention, it's very clear. The Democrats are scattered. They're disorganized. And they're in a much more precarious position than they're leading on. This race is changing very quickly. The latest CNN poll, and we'll close with this, is that the movement in the polls nationwide since June has shown that Donald Trump is down just one point in the battleground moving average. Trump gained 10 points in the CNN poll since June. 10 points. And that doesn't factor in enthusiasm, voter registration, or any of that. Campus closure, so on-campus ballot harvesting has been completely removed from the equation. And you can see that reflected in this campaign. You can see that reflected in this convention. Don't get too excited. Don't get overly cocky. Work like your civilization depends on it because it does. But I'm here to tell you right now what I saw through my political analysis lens. And I eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. I do 22 hours a day sometimes of this stuff. That is not a winning campaign, what I saw tonight from the Biden campaign. That is not. I don't know what that is, but that is not how you win the White House. I saw the Barack Obama campaign in 2012 and 08 up close and personal headquartered in Chicago. They wouldn't have allowed that. Whatever happened tonight, they would never have allowed to happen. President Trump's in a good position. We are going to be following it all week and the Democrat National Convention and their attempt to try to make a coherent message, something Joe Biden can't do himself. So let's see if the Democrat Party can do it for him. Please email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. And please, if you guys feel moved to do so, support us at charliekirk.com slash support. That keeps our show going. It allows us to hire more staff. We are hiring more staff so that we can do more episodes, so that we can grow our YouTube channel, so we can communicate to you exactly what's happening in the world. If you guys want to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, subscribe to The Charlie Kirk Show. Screenshot you subscribing to The Charlie Kirk Show and email us freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. And I encourage you to get involved with Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Stay tuned for more instant analysis of exactly what's happening with the Marxists trying to run our country. So stay engaged, stay subscribed. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Talk to you soon. God bless. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, Close your eyes and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.